This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nikuda podcast. We are in the week of the Parsha of Vayera. Vayera is uh, a Parsha that is, again, dealing with the life of, of Romavino. And it is uh, always particularly notable for the episode of the Akeda, which is a very uh, focal point in Jewish history, the history of the Elvis, the patriarchs. And it's always, uh, we can always find new angles to deal with in terms of um, how to look at it because it's such a uh, uh, unique Parsha, dealing with issues that are not really dealt with anywhere else. And this concept of uh, human sacrifice or self-sacrifice or Hashem uh, testing um, the others in, in ways that are not so readily understandable. So I wanted to just um, deal with the uh, story with from a, from a particular angle. And I think that it's uh, something that everyone can learn from and apply to our own lives. Uh, the Akeda is said by many people every day in the morning, uh, Shachris, uh, right at the beginning of the davening, after the Berchus uh, Shachar. And um, not only do we say the entire Parsha, for those who do say it, but we also have a rather lengthy um, tefillah afterwards. And that tefillah starts out like this. It says, Riboy Nishaloylam, Kemoi Shekovash Avruham Avinu, Es Rachamov, Lasseis Ritzayin Chal Belevav Shulem, Kain Yichbeshi Rachamecho, Es Kaschel Leoleni, Veyoge Veyagoyli Rachamecho, Almirasecho. So what is that saying? It's saying, in the same way that Avraham Avinu conquered his uh, compassion, his, his mercy, in order to do your will with a full heart. In the same way, we ask you to conquer your, that, that, that your rachim, um, your compassion, should conquer your anger. Uh, to, to, you know, take anger away from us. And that your mercy, your compassion should... Um, take uh, precedence, should, should dominate all of your other midas, your other, your other characteristics. 
and you should behave thus uh, with the Mida of Chesed and the Midas of Rachman. And your, you know, extend your kindness and your goodness on us, and that your um, that your anger should be uh, taken away from your nation, your people, whatever. So that's the gist of it. The beginning of the uh, of the Sihirut sign, which is uh, beseeching Hashem to Mida Kenegan Mida. In other words, just as Avraham Avinu conquered his his uh, rachim, his, his his mercy, that he was normal, I mean, natural uh, love and and uh, compassion on his own son, and he conquered that. He he overruled that with his uh, gvura, with his his um, ability to uh, I mean, might, might even say cruelty or the ability to show you know some kind of. Uh, uh, very uh, strong, I mean, strength, you know, power to um, uh, be prepared uh, to go ahead with this, this sacrifice um, and conquering his his natural uh, mida of kindness and, and, and mercy in order to uh, carry out your um, your will. So in the same way, just as he conquered his natural tendencies, we're asking you to conquer your um, uh, application of a certain attribute of, um, of anger or, or din or judgment, uh, which perhaps our uh, actions uh, would uh, re- you know, require that kind of treatment, and we're saying instead, don't do what you would, how you don't respond the way you would naturally respond, and perhaps you know would be justified in responding. Uh, but instead, conquer that midda with a different midda. So it's, it's interesting we have in Pirkei Ovis the statement of you know Ezehu Gibor Akoyvish as So the idea is that a person is considered to be strong. If he is able to conquer his yetzer, his his uh, desire to do something that is against Hashem's will, so there's this concept of being able to conquer a uh, a natural tendency that a person has uh, with some other type of behavior, and uh, and this can be for good or for bad. I mean, it was well, no, well, it's, it's, let's put it this way: if you're conquering something that you would ordinarily do. Then that would be considered to be generally good because why other why else would you not just follow your instincts or do you know do what you would naturally do? It's only if you have a particular reason to overrule that behavior with some different kind of behavior. So the question is then, how do you do that, and and what is really involved here? Because when we're talking first of all about we're talking about human behavior on the one hand, we're talking about Hashem's behavior, and we're comparing the two. So we're saying Hashem has midas. Midas, again, is, you know, we've talked about this many times, so we'll just reiterate it once again. The entire creation of the world was accomplished through the application of what we call midas. Uh, they call them spheres, they call them, you know, attributes of Hashem. That is, ways that Hashem interacts with the world through certain types of behaviors. 
And these behaviors are associated with emotions, and they're associated with uh, something that, that is a way that Hashem responds to the world and the way human beings respond to the world, and even animals have you know, emotions, so therefore they're also acting with these, these uh, uh, emotions. What is, the animal has nothing, has no way of controlling his natural instincts with some kind of other consideration. It was something other than his midas. We have the seven midas, and really there are really only really five midas. Chesed, Gvura, Tiferes, Netzach, and Hoyt. Chesed is, is uh, love, kindness, whatever, giving. Gvura, again, is power and strength and din, you know, judgment and uh, holding back and that kind of thing. Tiferes is mercy, you know, compassion, uh, say beauty in different contexts, you know, they're used in different ways. Uh, Netzach is being victorious, and uh, Hoyd is, uh, or competitive, Hoyd is, um, is, is uh, thanking, you know, it's, it's um, uh, gratitude and praise and that kind of thing. Okay, so this is obviously a tremendous over, oversimplification, but that's just, you know, a basic idea. So just as we um, interact with the world and react and respond to situations and, and uh, you know, things that we confront in our lives, um, we have a general, we have a, we have a natural tendency, a natural, natural uh, response to situations through these, uh, these, these emotional uh, responses. I mean, anger is, is a response. The trouble is that there are there are good emotional responses, positive ones, and ones that are not necessarily positive. There are situations where we have to control our emotions in order that they should not get out of hand. And again, that's a difference between an animal and a, and a person. An animal simply responds the way he would normally respond, and so has no way of controlling that, whereas a person hopefully does have a way of controlling that. How does he control it? Because there are the three... Um, what we call the uh, intellectual spheres, the um, the uh, application of the of, of the mind as opposed to the emotions of Kesar uh, or Das. These specifically intellectual uh, midas are applied to control the emotional response. So. On the one hand, the emotional response is kind of uh, instinctive. It's kind of uh, spontaneous. Uh, it's not uh, necessarily planned. As opposed, and, and then, and then, the idea is that we're supposed to evaluate if that response is appropriate, and then control it, uh, determining you know whether it is something we actually want to do. It, you know, to what extent we want to do it. Uh, you know, what is, what is appropriate in a given situation. What's not. And obviously, you know, there's all kinds of, I mean, a person is, is uh, an adult is crying um, a lot in response to, you know, relatively uh, average situations. One would consider that to be inappropriate. I mean, at least in most, in most societies. I mean, then also what's considered appropriate is different according to different societies. But there's also an idea of, um, of, of some aspect of right and wrong. In other words, if you over-respond to a situation 
which it would better not respond that be, to 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 better be better to not respond or to to uh, uh, minimize the response, then that's something that has to be measured. So all of a sudden, it's not just this, you know. And, and some people are better at this than others. Obviously, some people uh, have, you know, less um, explosive emotions or less, you know, so, you know, weaker emotions, and some have hard, strong emotions. Again, some societies are generally more emotional than others. So there's all kinds of things that are again the natural um, affect the natural expression of, of emotions. But when you talk about the relationship between the intellect and emotions. Now you're talking about something totally different because you're talking about taking something from another sphere that's uh, intellectual sphere is different than the emotional sphere. So you can, so you can, once the, once the intellect gets involved, then the intellect is able to make a rational uh, determination of how do I want to apply my emotion in a given situation. And what that involves, according to Toya anyway, is very often the balancing or the weighing of one emotion against another. In other words, virtually every type of... The, 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 the intellect is simply there to analyze and to um, determine, um, and to make a decision about what is right and what is wrong, what is, what is you know, beneficial as opposed to what's not beneficial. It's, it's weighing different alternatives, but it's not capable of actually doing anything because it's, on, it's, it's purely on an intellectual level. What it has to do is it has to control the emotions so that it is, it is deciding which emotion to employ when, how much of it, and how, and, and, and perhaps to even switch around from instead of applying one emotion to apply a different emotion. So, for example... Um, in in an area of uh, of chinuch of, of of, of uh, let's say child rearing, um, if a person uh, is faced with a situation where uh, let's say a child does something wrong, and you have to respond to that, the parent has to respond to that in order to guide the child in a way that they should um, that uh, they shouldn't do it again. So intellectually. The parent has to. The parent might have an emotional response, a natural emotional response to what the child has done. He might get angry. He might, uh, you know, fly off the handle. He might, uh, uh, might start screaming. He might, you know, he might, you know. And the trouble is that usually, because emotions and intellect have a certain there's a certain distance and sometimes even a, a certain opposition between them, the emotions tend to override the intellect, and you don't. Uh, it's it's hard, much harder to uh, respond to something uh, more, uh, what, what's the, the word, uh, objectively, uh, if you're emotionally involved. So first you have to kind of distance yourself in the situation so that the emotions are not invoked to such an extent. And the intellect becomes more uh, dominant so then the intellect can decide what to do. So the question is then, let's say the intellect removes you from a certain situation. First of all, it's a question, you know, it's a difference, for example, between if it's your own child or somebody else's child. So obviously you, you tend to get more um, emotionally involved in something involving your own child. Or let's say it was directed against you or against somebody else. In other words, let's say this person was chutzpahdik. 
you know, to you. Let's say you're a teacher, and the person, and the child, and the, and the student is exclusively to you. So then you're going to be emotionally, you know, uh, involved, as opposed to if uh, the child was specific to a different teacher, you might not be as emotionally involved. So then, the question, so, the, so then maybe your response would be if you're not emotionally involved, that you just sit, and sit back and don't respond. But that's not appropriate either because maybe it demands a response. So, so then what do you do? So you're not fired up about it, but it demands some kind of a strong response. So then you have to show an emotional response because otherwise the child's not going to take it seriously. Sometimes you have to show an emotional response that is in, in, that is in fact uh, demanded or mandated by the intellect as opposed to the emotion. And was, so there are times that the emotion is, is uh, um, invoked or stimulated, or, or whatever, um, is um, the word uh, provoked spontaneously. And then you have to decide, do I want to use this in this situation or not? And sometimes you have to provoke it yourself. In other words, if you have to show uh, anger when you really don't have that anger, so then that has to, that's a calculated thing. That's something that the intellect is demanding that you do as opposed to something that happens naturally. On the other hand, sometimes you are emotionally uh, provoked and the, the emotion is there, but it would be inappropriate to express that emotion in this situation. So you have to remove yourself and, 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 and uh, to actually remove emotion that you're feeling in order to be able to respond in, an, in, in, a, in a, uh, a rational way as opposed to just flying off the handle and doing something irrational. <clears throat> so all of these things are going on in the background when we respond to things uh, in the situations in life where, which demand a response, which you're supposed to respond to. Then, you know, of course, on the other hand, there's other situations where uh, your child may do something, let's say, and... It, it's something that, um, let's say, you don't feel such... The child does something, let's say, that the child is proud of, and you're not particularly impressed with it. <laughs> let's say it doesn't really... It, it, it doesn't seem to indicate, you know, uh, the child is particularly uh, uh, talented in this particular area, but the child is expecting you to respond in a certain way. So this... You know what the child has done may not stimulate a tremendous amount of love and and uh, appreciation and admiration for the child, but the child is expecting you to respond that way. And if you don't, then the child is going to be disappointed. So you have to simulate the love that may not be coming naturally, and so that you should you know express something that you may not actually be feeling. And that's another example. So this is like a, like a more on a positive side. So this idea of expressing emotions. Through the 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 involvement and the uh, the intervention of the of the intellect is an extremely important uh, aspect of life. And people who don't have a hard time mastering this and are more a slave to their emotions have a, a big challenge. I mean, it's like a that's that's a major issue for a lot of people. On the other hand, there's a problem not being emotionally involved enough. Um, there's an example of this in the, in the, in the Torah where it talks about the we're talking specifically about this, this issue of um, of um, 
uh, education. There's, uh, if you remember the stories about Shevet Shimon, that Shimon and Levi were, were uh, set apart as being particularly uh, a, a bit uh, impulsive, made rather rash decisions, uh, and, and acted on them without, without asking uh, Yaakov Avinim, specifically the, uh, the mice with Shem, uh, where they went in and, and, and killed the town without uh, having asked Yaakov for, for uh, you know, permission to do that. So we later learn that the, the Shevet Shimon was used particularly as, um, as, as Malamdim, as teachers. So one would think, you know, why would you want to employ teachers as, a, as you know, kind of hotheads? Why would you want to take a hothead and use them as a teacher? So I once heard a, a, um, a drusha from the, uh, the Tolner Rebbe Nishalim. He was talking about the fact that that if you are involved in um, in, in education, you have you want somebody who is going to be emotionally involved in that process in guiding their students and not be detached. And intellectual about it because then the, the, the child needs that kind of emotional uh, involvement. So you don't want somebody who's just cold and intellectual. You want somebody that's more emotionally involved. And of course, that you know that means that that teacher has to be mature enough to be able to use their emotions appropriately. But to be you know kind of cold and calculated is not what you want in the, for, the, for that position specifically. So that's an idea that that we want to encourage emotional involvement. The whole idea of of tefillah. Is a very good example of this because it says that tefillah, davening without the involvement of love and fear, which are emotional, you know, involved aspects of davening, doesn't ascend. So that's it's incomplete. It doesn't it doesn't uh, accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. So how do you um, achieve that emotional involvement on a regular basis? It's by uh, the intellectually being able to stimulate the emotion. So the idea is that the, that that you can't just depend on having this uh, emotional response on a regular basis because emotions come and go. You have to have a way of intellectually uh, allowing those emotions to uh, to to become expressed on a more regular basis. So when we talk back again to this this hirutzen uh, here that we're talking about, that we're, what we're asking Hashem to do. We're talking here about that Hashem should cause, because Hashem is, is, is relating to us using these emotions. He shows, displays, you know, manifests anger and love and, um, uh, you know, and, 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 and compassion, all these different emotions in various contexts depending on what's appropriate to do. So, the, again, the normal response, just like as a parent uh, relating to a child, if a child does something wrong, normally the parent is going to uh, have to punish them in some way just to show them that, you know, that they should take it seriously, that they actually did something wrong, and they should be impressed that they're not going to want to do it again, so they need to be punished. So uh, the problem is that that's, uh, that's, that's as, as uh, the children of Hashem, we're always trying to... Uh, get Hashem to reconsider that you know we're we're penitent we're 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 uh, uh, you know we feel bad about what we did and we want to you know 
express that that uh, that regret to Hashem and that that really you know again an emotional feeling really feeling bad about something we've done and we don't want Hashem to punish us so we're telling Hashem okay look the the wheels have been set in motion so that normally when we do something wrong we're gonna this this power of din and 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 punishment is going to come down on us so now we're asking Hashem to invoke his Midah is his characteristic of of mercy and compassion to overrule and be stronger than the uh, aspect of din and and punishment that would normally come down on us. So we're telling we're we're asking him that and and, and so on what basis do we ask for that kind of uh, that kind of response? Because we can say, look, Avram Avinu, you know, our father Avram, he that's what he did for you. He took his. Um, his, his natural uh, response, his natural uh, feelings of, of love and, and a compassion, and of Ormavini particularly because he was on such a high level, he took his his um, his, his this, this natural behavior and and subordinated that subordinated that to uh, uh, the the emotion of of uh, you know uh, cruelty or, or uh, you know strength in that particular way. Which was not really called for, given the situation. I mean, Yitzchak didn't do anything wrong to deserve it. So it was, it was totally just you know he had he had to bring himself to the level to be able to 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 do that without being provoked in any way, except for the fact that that Hashem himself asked him to do it. So um, so that was emotionally an extremely difficult thing to accomplish, especially given that his his, his nature was totally the opposite. So we're saying now, look, that was such a, a huge thing that he did for you, now we're asking you to, as, as, you know, we're his children, now you take your, you know, you do the same thing. You take the, the, the opposite emotion and, and respond to our wrongdoing with the emotion of compassion so that you, you know, show mercy on us and don't carry through with this, um, with this uh, punishment that we perhaps deserve. So we're asking to use the middah of chesed and rachmim uh, instead of the uh, the anger that we have per- perhaps provoked. Um, so again, we're override because of because of now this this intellectual argument that we're making that that middah connected middah that that uh, just as he did this, you should do this. That's that's a, that's an intellectual judgment. And and we're saying that with that intellectual judgment, we're asking you to control the emotional response. So the main point here that I'm trying to make is that we have specific uh, an emotional makeup. And in order for any uh, behavior to be complete, we have to involve all of the emotions from the top to the bottom. What does that mean? that we have to control the emotions with the intellect, but we're not out to, to, uh, 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 to be vital, to, to nullify the emotions and just act with intellect and just be this, you know, this uh, calculated computer-like uh, being that just you know, does everything only rationally without you know, Dr. Spock or whatever, you know, this, this, this uh, um, you know, calculated way of, of, of behaving without any emotional involvement because the emotional involvement is required, as we talked about, the idea of, you know, serving Hashem with love and fear. So we need that. But we, ha- but, but we have to, to 
discipline ourselves and to train ourselves to involve the intellect in the emotions, both in terms of controlling them and determining when they have to be perhaps uh, rolled back and, 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 and not expressed as much, or possibly to uh, increase them when they're not activated enough. And to, you know, but the idea is to, is to involve the emotions, but to have them under the control of the intellect until they got to the very bottom of the line, which is, you know, Yosoid and Malchus, which is the idea of, of taking all those emotions and applying them toward, towards a certain um, uh, course of action, because Malchus is the idea of action, and that's the completion of any of any course of action. So you want so so to be complete again. You can't ignore the intellect, you can't ignore the emotions, and you certainly want to bring it down into practical action. At the end, by the end, that's called poil. You want to you want to take something that was just a potential and put it into action. But it has to involve all the steps of the way, so that you're going you know going down the whole the whole line. So that is um, you know. The, the, the concept of, of emotional control by 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 Yidin, by Jews. This is this is what the Torah is trying to teach us: is how to con, how to to, to uh, use all of those emotions in the course of determining a uh, a course of action. Um, okay, so uh, again, we encourage you to. Uh, you know, we always want to hear any of your feedback. Again, if you want to, um, if you want to dedicate a podcast to anyone in particular, you know, just give us an email at uh, info at nakuda.org, N-E-K-U-D-A-H.org. Thank you so much.